Nation. Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited. He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette sports. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do. and Mavericks today, as well as Coach Shane Fry. Both those coaches faced off against each other last week, and uh, we'll see where they're at as uh, they both head into matchups. I didn't know this. I talked to Shane Fry earlier, um, and I, I've been so... Come, this is year 15 for me, covering our high school teams. And uh, I was like, yeah, hey, back to, back to the tits and run game, and as Coach Fry pointed out to me, he's like, you know... Is I got a whole, you know, class here. Seniors, they've never played Tipton. I'm like, wait, what? That doesn't sound right. Yeah. You go back to like 2018. This is the last time they played Tipton. I was like, oh, snap. You'll hear it in the interview here. He was talking about just how, you know, it's very familiar to the coaching staff, but the kids are all just like, wait, what? So that adds an interesting little wrinkle into uh, Friday night's matchup. Uh, I love it. So we'll get to him. We'll get to Coach Josh Strasser as well. Let's start, though, with need-to-know news. Here's your need-to-know news. All right, the White Sox. I'm sorry, White Sox fans. Promote Chris Getz to the role of vice president and GM of the club. The White Sox announced today, nine days after they just cleaned house, Jerry Reisendorf, Goes ahead and promotes the assistant GM and player development manager from the last seven years to the head role. Don't want to call anybody else? Line something else out? You know, have them come in? You want to go? No? No want to do that? You got to stick with the same thing, huh? Make some new outside ideas? Anything? No? Okay. I'm sorry, White Sox fans, man. That's just probably not what you wanted to hear today. Oh, it got worse. So, um, you may remember us talking about how the Angels, for some odd reason, were, well, I, it's not an odd reason. They're saving money. They're trying to get in a threshold. But they had traded for Reynaldo Lopez and Lucas Giolito and gave up a, like a 20-year-old pitcher. Big prospect. Well, they put them on waivers. And who claimed both Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez? Who, where are they going? Cleveland. Ooh. That's not great for you. Mike Clevenger did clear waivers, so he'll stay with the Sox. Cubs did not make any waiver claims. But they're going to call up veteran righty Shane Green. He's 34. He's been starting down at AAA Iowa. Hasn't started a big league game since 2016. Bring it back. Gotta get Strowman back. 
that's just a weird that ribs thing that's so bizarre. Because remember, it was like a Sunday. We thought we were going to get him back in time for the White Sox series, and he has some discomfort, and that's like lasted weeks now. It's been crazy. Both teams with the night off tonight. I think there's only like four games today. It's fine. We're watching college football. Uh, but they both did play last night. Cubs blew a 2-0 lead to the Brewers, who tied it up in the top of the eighth. But Cody Bellinger with an RBI single on the bottom of the eighth clinches the win. Kyle Hendricks with six strikeouts in six innings, zero earned runs. Uh, that is his only, that's only his second start of the season where he did not allow an earned run. That other start was June the 10th against the Giants. Professor also tied his uh, strikeout total for the season with six. Cubs pick up a game on the Brewers in the hunt for the Central after taking two out of three against them. So now the margin down to three games. Cubs are off to Cincinnati for the weekend while the Phillies will make a a trip out to Milwaukee. Sox dug themselves out of a 4-0 hole after the first inning. They win 10-5 over the O's. Dylan C strikes out seven over six innings while allowing all five runs. Aloy, another good line for him. He was four for five with two runs. He's five for nine over the last. I thought he was better than that. Man, but still, good outing for Aloy. They've split or lost the last six series, though. They've only won two series since the All-Star break, the White Sox. Not great signs. They'll host Detroit tomorrow. Over the NFL, where Nathan Peterman is back with the Bears. Peterman released by the Bears when they made that roster cut to 53 players on Tuesday. But the team announced that uh, Peterman has been re-signed to the active roster. Not the practice squad, to the active roster on Thursday. Awkward. Uh, They also officially announced the signing of wide receiver Trent Taylor while placing guard Tevin Jenkins and offensive lineman Doug Kramer on injured reserve. So, you know, those moves allow them to bring them back, but at the same time, Tuesday, you're like, sorry, uh, we'd like to, we're going to go ahead and cut you. And then you, you call a day later, like, hey, buddy, I think I made a mistake. Would you like to come back? Of course, Peterman's like, absolutely. Tonight, produce soccer at number 19, USC volleyball at uh, number 23, Kansas tonight. College football returns with 11 games, and in the Big Ten tonight, it's Nebraska at Minnesota. That game, 8 p.m. on Fox. Minnesota, a seven-point favorite at home with an over-under of 43. Uh, Other games of note, Utah hosts Florida. The Utes, the only top 25 team that is in action tonight, and they are five-point favorites. I'm very excited. We'd like to use our friends over there at uh, DraftKings. I'm excited to get back into college football. The boys are buzzing. There's plenty of bets out there. My friends at DraftKings have got some pretty good promos going on for you as well. Look at that, a 25% boost pack for your college football. College football, no sweat. Place any week one college football bet. Get your money back if it loses. Thursday night stepped up. Same game parlay for your college football as well. If you want to dabble in baseball later tonight, they got a 50% boost for that as well. And if you want to bet a future for the Super Bowl, get plus 200 added on to any team's Super Bowl total. You'll love to see it. Nebraska jumped back up to 7.5, which is nice. It had been sitting at 7 today. 
I think I like Nebraska on the road here. Minnesota, no Mo Ibrahim, but you know they're still probably going to try to run. Nebraska going to that uh, 3-3-5, which you can run on a bit. I think some guys are going to get some stats in this one, but it's not going to be a big scoring game. It's a couple of bend-don't-break type defenses I think they've got in here. So put me down for Nebraska tonight. I shade the under, but boy, 43 seems a little bit low to me. I'm deferring to a lot of the experts uh, in this regard, so that's where I'm going with the under. But I think I like Nebraska in the 7.5. Very popular picks tonight. UCF and Kent State, the over-under continues to drop because of the hurricane blowing through. It's down to 54. It started at 62. It's down to 54. It might not be bettable at 54. Thirty-five and a half points in favor of UCF. Yeesh. That's one I wish I was paying attention earlier this week. You could have got if you could have gotten it at sixty-two. Oh my God, but steal. It's eight points down. At fifty-four and a half, I'm starting to question whether or not I can get into that. I think they'll probably have some weather delays there. From what it sounds like, that usually upsets offense. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, a better one, if you want to get into an under tonight, this is another very popular one. UConn in North Carolina State. We're at uh, 46 and a half now. UConn runs one of the slowest paces in the country last year, 128. They're going to run a lot in this one as well. That's what a lot of the pros are saying. They're going with that one. And under. I mean, those are probably your best. Like, I, I can't do anything for you for St. Francis and Western Michigan, sorry, or Elon and Wake Forest, Georgia State and Rhode Island. I mean, I'm a degenerate, but even I have my limits. UAB, North Carolina, A&T, South Dakota, Missouri. Missouri's almost a 30-point favorite in that one. Tulsa and Arkansas Pine Bluff, the same NCAA basketball, so I'll just miss out on that one. And then Arizona State plays a late one tonight. They're a 31-point favorite against Southern Utah. Those are the matchups this evening. Tomorrow night's got some good stuff, though. You know, Central Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, Louisville, Georgia Tech. I like Louisville in that thing. Colorado, TCU. That's Saturday, sorry. Uh, Hawaii, Stanford. So uh, a little bit more name brand stuff tomorrow night, but you still got good stuff this evening. I said I'll I probably take Utah minus four and a half. Uh, I'll probably think about that UConn under, and then I'll take Nebraska seven and a half. Those are those are my plays as of right now. I just think the UCF game that it all makes sense to me, but the 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 total's just too low now. Way too low. I got to avoid it. If you're in on it, best of luck. But I'm out on it. We're going to take a break. Coach Josh Strasser joins us next. Cutching Mavericks. They're looking for a win. Muncie Central this week. That seems to be a favorable matchup. They're looking better. Let's talk to him next. It's the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. 
Welcome back. Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017 TheHammer.com. Uh, to the Hammerhead Hotline we go, where I have the pleasure of talking with Coach Josh Strasser of the McCutcheon Mavericks, uh, coming off a 31-17 loss at West Lafayette uh, last week. Uh, a score that may not tell the entire story here. I mean, it was 9-3 to at the half, very locked in defensively. This is my first look at you guys, Coach, uh, since last season. I-, I will say this. This seems like a much-improved McCutcheon uh, team than what I saw last year, especially on defense. Got punched in the mouth on that opening kickoff, but boy, I'll tell you what, that defense looked very, very good, especially in the first half. Yeah, you know, we we have made some big strides from last year. We really have. Uh, we, we've got some other areas that we, we still have to shore up, but, you know, very, very pleased with uh, how Coach Rummler and his defensive staff is uh, taking this on. And what they're doing with our guys, and you know they're they're keeping us in the ball game. That's for sure. Uh, you know you got all that, which is going well for you offensively. Uh, this was kind of a defensive stalemate for about three quarters. Lord knows the, the defense I thought played better first, second quarter, third quarter. Kind of both teams seem to just struggle offensively with what they want to do, and then all of a sudden here comes the the scoring in the fourth. But you know Owen Smith looked very much in control of this game with the one touchdown, one int. In some tough situations there, we, we talked on the broadcast about just how good Carson Kitchell was of uh, getting that uh, that punt pinned down, you know, the way they like to run that, uh, getting getting them pinned back in bad position. Uh, a tough break for the offense. They really didn't get a whole lot of help for most of that game. No, they didn't. And, you know, we, we talk four things on our plan to win, um, and that's play great defense, which we, we feel like we're doing right now. It, it may not be great, but we're, we're playing really good defense. Uh, emphasis on turnovers, scoring the red zone, and efficient kicking game. And two of those four we didn't do very well, and that, that ultimately is you know, why, we, why we ended up in the, in the L section again. Um, you know, Westside did a really nice job defensively, giving us some run fits um, that, that our line had some issues with. And then, uh, you know, late in the fourth quarter, you know, Coach Ryan and staff, you know, they do like they do, and they, they finally found something they were able to, to go after and, and, and finish it. But, uh, you know, you, you've got to, you know, in order to beat good teams, and, and we talk about this, you've got to be able to score in the red zone. Um, and you've got to get some points. You, you, can't, you can't have the ball first and go on the five, take two penalties and, and not score any points and, and expect to win. And, and that's something we're continuing to work on and, and adapt and change and how, how we're moving forward with things and how we're practicing and, you know that that's definitely an emphasis this week, and also the kicking game. You know, uh, you know the kicking day, game didn't affect us. You know, last week, uh, but it definitely affected us this week. You know, we gave up safety, had a punt blocked, and then uh, you know Westside was able to pin us inside the ten yard line three times. So, you know, those all come into play, and, and uh, you know those three phases. If you're only good in one right now, you're going to have a tough time winning. I did think there were some bright spots on the offensive times. Boy, it just seems like Mark Fell came up at the like anytime you really needed one of those passes caught. I, I felt like he he came into the picture there. Uh, four catches for sixty six yards, and I feel like every one he made were just like wow, he absolutely needed that. He came up big for you guys. Yeah, he did, and we had several of our receivers that really came up big. You know, Aiden Riser came in and. Had a really nice game for us too. It's it's fun to see his growth and development as a as an offensive weapon for Owen. And you know, Mark Mark does such a nice job of catching the ball out in the flat area and 
been able to turn up and get some, uh, you know, some yak yardage. So, you know, we really, you know, we really like our wide receivers and we just got to find a way that we can protect long enough to get them the ball. This week, you guys uh, make the trip to take on the Bearcats of Muncie Central, who, uh, you know, they struggled their first two weeks uh, with Delta in Yorktown. And, you know, this was a, uh, you know, a game last year for you guys that uh, got you started in the right direction there uh, with that win. Uh, what's different about this Bearcats team this year? And uh, what are some of the things that you're seeing on tape that you guys got to prepare for? Well, you know, going back last year, you know, they were able to extend some drives with some big plays against us. And, you know, we really felt like the score could have, you know, been a, a bigger lead early on, but we weren't able to, you know, we weren't able to get some stops. They were able to, you know, they had a couple of nice long touchdowns. And I, I, I think the difference right now for us is our defense isn't allowing those big plays. And, and that's, that's keeping us around a little bit longer and giving our offense a little bit better chance to get going. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's one of the big differences for us is that our, our defense is rolling a little bit better. Um, you know, they got a really nice quarterback back there that very athletic. Uh, you never know where he's going to be or what he's going to do. So, um, you know, that's a challenge for a defense. You know, that instead of just counting for, you know, four or five weapons, now you got to account for that, that quarterback, and he, he is all over the place. Uh, I do feel like, you know, they're pretty solid defensively. They like the pressure up front, uh, very aggressive. And, um, you know, that, that's something that, that we need to work on this week and something that, that has challenged our offensive line is that aggression. <clears throat> so I, I definitely see that as something that we're working on with our offensive staff, that they're doing a nice job coming back and um, providing that plan for our team to, to, you know, be ready for Muncie on Friday night. Uh, but, you know, it's, um, it's something that, you know, Muncie's a team that we know they have some athletes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, they have some athletes, but you know uh, sometimes it's a little undisciplined in what they do and how they do it, and we need to be able to take advantage of that this week. We're uh, talking with Coach Josh Rosser here on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Talk a little bit about it's it's never easy to start out zero and two, but talk a little bit about the, uh, the the morale of your players here. How have they responded in practice this week after that? Uh, you know the game against Westside and. You know, not getting a, a win in those first two weeks. Uh, what's the atmosphere around practice been like? Have you guys had to uh, work a little bit harder to motivate? Just kind of give me a, a glimpse of what it's been like uh, down at Ellison this week. You know, it, it is something. Our, our kids are down, and, um, you know, they were disappointed. Um, Westside played a, a hard-fought game, uh, but it is one of those games that we felt like we were in, and, um, you know, ultimately – West side, uh, you know, they deserve to win that game because of how they played the game. Uh, but our, I think our kids are starting to understand that, you know, winning is hard. Um, uh, winning is hard, and especially when you play good programs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that, that mindset, they're, they're starting to figure out. And, and they, they have to go through some hard times. They, they have to, you know, work a little bit harder. They, they have to find ways to win. And, uh, you know, we're, we're doing that this week in practice with our kids. You know, and great attitudes. You know, this this group is you know just a lot of fun, and, and you know the fun is still there, the excitement is still there, and um, now I think the hunger is a little bit more there after Friday night. What have you learned now through two weeks uh, versus let's say two weeks last year? Of course, 
you know, you're still kind of uh, trying to get everything lined up here. I know you did so much work there in the offseason last year to get things set up uh, for just specifically for that season. Now you had that whole year. Kind of reflect a little bit about on where you were at going into week three last year versus going into week three this year. What's different, and and what did you learn going into this Muncie Central game last year that uh, you can apply to this one this year? I don't know if I knew where I was week three last year. <laughs> uh, just, you know, how, how fast things happen and how much is going on. Um, it, it does slow down a little bit for you year two, and uh, you, you start to apply some principles in ways that, that you weren't able to, um, you know, year one. So that, that I feel like that's a change. Uh, I, I'm able to feel like I'm able to support our staff a little bit better this year. Um, just having that year, you know, of working with these guys and, knowing their strengths and weaknesses as a staff and, you know, areas that I can help them with and areas that they need help with. So I, I feel like as a head coach that I, I've done a nice job of that and always can be better, but that that's something that I feel much more confident in this year is how I can support my staff throughout the week and getting them to be able to do things with their kids that they need to do to have them ready for Friday night. Um, so that, you know, it, just me as a head coach, that's where I feel like I'm at. Um, as a team, I, uh, you know, you start to get some routine, and, and that's where you look at you know, Coach Peebles and Coach Fry and Coach Shanley and you know, these teams that are, that are winning regularly you know, year in, year out. You know, they're getting a routine established, and, and once the kids know that routine, they can, they can work a little bit harder. Uh, they're not having to think as much. Uh, they're, they're able to, to go out and expect things to happen, and I, ultimately I, I firmly believe that we're – we're developing that routine right now, and, and our kids are trusting of that and, uh, you know, working on that. You know, uh, we're parents, and uh, we know that maybe if we're running around stressed and, and, and have that burden on us, sometimes, you know, the kids pick up on that uh, and adjust their attitude. Do, do you feel like, do, did your kids last year, do you kind of feel like maybe with the runarounds that you, uh, you know, that they pick up on that kind of stuff and that affects things and maybe this year there, there's a difference uh, with you maybe being a little bit more, I don't want to say relaxed, but maybe being able to be a little bit more focused. Can, can you see a comparison between where you're at there, where you're at now, and, and did the kids pick up on that? Yeah, I, I'm sure that, you know, in some way, shape, or form that, that they do feel that, uh, you know, that relaxed um, a little bit more this year. I, I don't know that I'm I'm an overly stressed person. I try not to show that out on the field at practice or in games. You know, I feel like if, if I can stay calm and, you know, the team and the coaches can feel that, then they can stay calm and focus on the objective. Uh, so that's something that's always in the back of my mind. Um, but I, I do feel like they, they see, you know, see clearly a little bit better this year than last year. <clears throat> at, at times, you know, when, when you get a, a group um, that, that's been around a, a different, um, you know, staff, you know, their, their goals are different, their, their mindset's different. So I, I do feel like graduation's helped us in that a little bit um, and being able to work towards, you know, our, you know, our, our goals and how, how we do things on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, the longer you, you, you stay in place and you're able to develop those at a younger younger age with our kids, uh, the more I feel like the more success you can have with those kids. Coach Josh Strasser here on the Hammerhead Hotline. They'll take on Muncie Central Friday night, that one on the road, 7 p.m., and then they'll return next week, a game that you'll hear uh, right here on 101.7 The Hammer, the battle for the sword uh, against Harrison with a 7 o'clock start. Nobody's talking about that. Nobody's thinking about that, right, Coach? 
That 0 and 2, we're just focusing uh, day by day right now on Monty Central. One of these days, I will get a coach that tells me, yes, no, it's on our mind. It's a week away. It's on our mind. But until then, the streak stays intact. Coach, best of luck on Friday night here. Go out there and get that first W of the season. Thanks, Jared. Appreciate it. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Over to our Hammerhead hotline we go. Coach Shane Fry, Westside Red Devils, with us coming off a victory over McCutcheon last week. A game that you heard here on 1017 The Hammer. Uh, that final was uh, 31 to 17. Coach, congratulations on that win. I, look, there's a lot to like about that win, the style that you guys win on that one. Uh, kind of hanging in there, uh, finding things late. It, 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 this is a. That, that's a, a great confidence booster that teaches your team how to win as well when a little bit of adversity in there, too. You recover the onside kick on top of that. There's a lot to like for you guys coming out of that game against McCutcheon. Yeah, thanks. Um, it, it was a good good win. Uh, great experience for our guys. Like you said, I mean, we, we had a million different uh, game game scenarios. You know, it's almost like one of those practices where you want to make sure that you have everything covered and you're practicing every kind of situation. And um, it seemed like Friday night, pretty much every one of those situations popped up. So it was good for our guys. And I, and I thought, you know, we did a great job on those situations, uh, you know, and, and sometimes you can go a whole season with not seeing some of that stuff. And we, we got to see it one Friday night. So that's good for us. Yeah, Dawson Martin helped putting that thing away with that big 65-yard run uh, at the end of the game. Set you guys up for that last score, 15 carries, 116 yards for him. But look, this is a very good. This is a very much improved McCutcheon defense. I was I, I was blown away, especially in the first, how good they were. Um, but uh, Carson comes back around for you, thirteen of twenty, one forty six, uh, a couple of touchdowns. Uh, not that these kids aren't confident. I mean, they're they're sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old boys. They they usually don't have too much of a uh, a lack in that stuff here. But to get him going there I, against the defense that's pretty darn good, uh, I thought absolutely huge for his confidence in your offense moving forward. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, Carson needs more game reps, and, and that's what's going to get him better and better. And, and McCutcheon's secondary is outstanding. Uh, you know, they got four returners, um, some really good players on the back end, and um, Carson did a good job. Uh, you know, there were some incompletions, but we always say, you know, there's nothing wrong with an incompletion. It's on to the next play. Um, but, yeah, made, made a couple great throws, a uh, uh, couple big touchdown passes, and, uh, you know, he really grew up in that game. And I thought your secondary did a pretty decent job against Owen Smith. You know, he's got all of that experience as a starter, 271 yards. Um, I know a couple of those had to come back on penalties as well, too. But uh, we talk so much about uh, your front uh, six there and how good they are, especially in the trenches. But, boy, I thought the secondary, uh, another great performance out of those guys. Uh, yeah, you know, they, they had their times. Um, but, you know, we want to be able to stop the run and that's kind of our focus. And, um, I think we're doing a pretty good job of that right now. Um, but it, we're definitely a work in progress, uh, being able to defend the pass and McCutcheon's got a good quarterback and we're going to see a lot more good quarterbacks as we go on. Um, so we, we got to continue to get better and, uh, sort of solidify, you know, who's going to be out there. We've started, uh, three or four different corners. Um, so we're figuring it out and they're getting better each day. Well, if you want to stop the run, here's the great news. Uh, it looks like Coach Toll and uh, Tipton on the uh, schedule this week as you guys go to travel uh, over to Tipton to take on the Blue Devils. I mean, that is uh, th- they'll run the ball, won't they? Absolutely. That's what they want to do. Um, 
you know, they graduated their all-time leading rusher uh, last year, but, um, you know, this guy coming back has got some experience, and he's a really good runner. Um, they're pretty big up front, so, uh, you know, that's that's going to be their game plan, and we've got to figure out a way to shut it down. Uh, it's a, a program that hasn't changed, I, I mean, t- since before the recession, for Pete's sakes. I mean, you know exactly what uh, they want to do. Uh, they don't make any bones about it. Uh, it's... Uh, it's something where you know your linebackers, I think, uh, uh, very much so, have to be cognizant of what's going on in the backfield, have good vision, and not bite on the fakes. I mean, that's that's the biggest threat they pose, right? Is uh, you not being in the position you need to be in, and then getting beat over the top, possibly uh, with you not being disciplined. Yeah, they're they're a well coached team, and they're going to find holes in what we do. And the, the kind of the funny thing about this is that. Our coaching staff is so familiar with them because we played them every year for a number of years, um, and it kind of took us a little while this weekend to realize none of our players have ever played them because they switched divisions, so we haven't played them since 2018. Um, and so as, as familiar as the coaching staff is, that, that doesn't really do us any good. Our, we, we have to get our kids familiar with what they're doing. So um, that, it was, it's been a fun week kind of introducing them to Tipton and what they do and, and sort of bringing back a lot of memories for us when we used to play them all the time. That doesn't happen too often where you have a team that used to play all the time and then, you know, it's off the for four classes, you know, don't even know anything about them. And now all of a sudden they come back and it's still this, it's still the exact same philosophy. It's the same coaching. It's the same. Yep. It's, it's just so rare to have happen. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, you're right to get those guys back here and have to do that. Like I said, if you want to work against the run, this is definitely the team to to do that. So um, we're talking with Coach Shane Fry here on the uh, on the Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, as you guys continue to get better here, I know we always talk about it's a nine game uh, preseason game. Where do you guys think you're at right now? You you gone through two full games here, uh, almost an entire uh, prep week here, getting into game three. Uh, how has the progress been for you guys? Uh, how uh, you know how satisfied are you with the progress that you're making? And uh, what is? Uh, give me one thing that you're especially proud about with this group. How they developed from when you guys got started in the summer to where you're at right now? Yeah, I, the special teams, no question, has been our our strong point. Especially because in the summer that you know you don't get a ton of special teams work in, just because you don't have those situations and you don't know you know, which guys are going to be playing varsity and which guys are going to need to play special teams. So, um, you know, really getting little practice all summer and then being able to perform in the first two games like we have uh, in all phases of special teams has really been good. Um, so, you know, we need that to continue. We don't want to be satisfied there. We want to keep working and, and keep solidifying the special teams. Um, but, yeah, that's that's definitely been something that's, um, you know, it's been a great, sort of surprise for us to be that good this early on special teams. Well, when he got Carson Kitchell back there, putting it inside the five-yard line, it seems yeah. like, every time. I mean, what a uh, what a luxury to have. He's been fantastic. I joked around with Sam King uh, during the broadcast there. I'm like, can you be an all-area quarterback and punter? Has that ever happened before? I mean, <laughs> Lord knows he's got the tools to be able to do that. But uh, you know, one could argue, as good as he was uh, throwing the football and stuff for you, one could argue his foot was maybe more important than his arm was on, on Friday night because of the field position that he helped you know, uh, with your defense Friday night. Yeah, he, he did a fantastic job. And, and, you know, I don't think people realize this, but it's tough to be a quarterback and a punter because you don't want to punt. You know, you're the quarterback. You want to get a first down or score a touchdown. Um, the, the last thing you want to do is, is listen to your coach say, we got to punt it. 
Um, so, you know, but he, he knows and, and they know and, and hey, it, we got a punt. So we got to do the best we can. And, and man, I think he had one or two 50 yarders. He had three inside the 10. Um, and credit to our guys running them down, too. I mean, he's booming them, and our guys got to get down there and, and get it snagged before it gets into the end zone. So, um, yes, that, that was a huge huge game breaker um, for us to be able to pin them so deep so many times. And credit the guys mowing the lawn out there too. I mean, he got the heck of a rolls that he got on some of those kicks are just like, they're absolutely yep. amazing. And uh, he knows what he's doing with it. And uh, I, I, I've been darn impressed with what I saw and uh, that putt formation that you guys come out of. Coach Shane Fry, Westside Red Devils, they are on the road here. They're going to be taking on uh, Tipton um, this week, the Blue Devils, and then uh, I do want to circle back to this because I know you guys have been talking about it uh, for the last couple of weeks, but it, it is the 100th season of uh, Westside football. You guys have a big celebration coming up here in, in a couple of weeks as well uh, it, with uh, some activities, you know, you call them back alumni and things like that. Can you run down that stuff for me real quick? Yeah, so Friday, September 15th, uh, we've got Rensselaer. It's, it is our homecoming and it's our 100th year celebration. Um Pretty much, you know, it's been blasted out on email and social media, but any, uh, you know, West Lafayette football alumni, uh, cheerleader, coach, player, um, they're all welcome back that night. Um, we're going to have a meet and greet at the school around three, uh, so they can meet our current players and then they're going to be on the field, uh, pregame in the locker room if they want to be. Uh, and then after the game, um, we'll have a, a, a banquet, um, there at Waltz, uh, right down the street. So, uh, it's going to be a good night to to get to meet some that I have never met before, and and just the interaction with all the former um, players and, and alumni that that come back and you know still stay so interested in our football program. It'll be a great experience. I think it's going to be fantastic as well. So uh, again, that'll be on the fifteenth uh, of September. Coach uh, Shane Fry, Westside Red Devils on the road at Tipton. Best of luck here uh, handling those Blue Devils, and uh, go out there and get yourself another win, Coach. All right, hey, thanks a lot. Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Big thank you to both Coach Josh Strasser and Shane Fry. Uh, best of luck to them tomorrow. Should be a gorgeous evening for some high school football. Much better than, uh, you know, what we were running into uh, last Friday night. I probably lost a couple pounds just in the press. It was so hot, no airflow. Man, I, I, I was shook after that thing. We got these over-the-ear head. It's like wearing earmuffs. It was rough. Should be a whole lot nicer. Whole lot nicer. Here on Friday night. Uh, okay. Uh, I was going to give them some things that we may have missed, but I, there's something else that happened that I wanted to kind of get into. Was the ongoing Jonathan Taylor saga uh, yesterday? Coach Ballard talked to the media today. It's all rosy and everything too because they named Anthony Richardson a, uh, a a captain. Also, there seems to be some hope that Zach Moss might be ready to go. Although today he was not practicing, so that would be big for the backfield. Steichen said hopefully he'll be out there for Week One. We'll see. Shaquille Leonard was also out of a red jersey today. So that's good news for you. But I, I want to go back to his comments from yesterday. 
Um, this is what he told the press. I want to talk, and I want y'all to hear it because I know you're going to have questions, just so y'all know. And I want everybody to know, Jonathan Taylor is a well-respected and really good human being and a damn good football player. I think we all know this. Things like this happen. I tell every rookie that comes in here, there's going to be a point where we disagree. It's usually about money, and it's going to be hard. And just know it doesn't change my care level for you. I care deeply for Jonathan Taylor. I have great respect for Jonathan Taylor. Our relationship, I would tell you, is this. Uh, Look, even when it gets hard, I won't quit on the relationship. I won't do it. I think too much of the young man, I think too much of what he's given our organization and how hard he's played for us. What sucks, the situation sucks. I'm not going to sit here and give you some rosy picture like everything's okay. No, it sucks. It sucks for the Colts. It sucks for Jonathan Taylor. It sucks for our fans. we got to work through it. So the relationships are repairable. They're repairable. Guys get emotional and take a stance. you got to be able to work through those. I would argue that and maybe Ballard's not making the calls on this because Ursay's been very vocal in all of this. But I would argue that what has transpired with letting him go out there and facilitate a trade only to torpedo that with wild asks like Jalen Waddle is not the actions of a caring franchise. Now, while personally, Ballard may really love Jonathan Taylor, and he seems to have the respect for what the franchise has done for him, there is still a business aspect to all of this. And I would say that has certainly factored in to the relationship, as Ballard has admitted. But at the same time, you know, for as much as you say, hey, we care about you, we're, we're going to work through some things. I do not believe the Colts' actions over the last couple of weeks have really reflected a organization that has cared about this player. I think the actions uh, have shown that they do not want to pay what he wants to pay, and, and that's debatable what he is worth in this market, and, and I understand that. But like I said yesterday, these actions are... It's it's like a a hall pass or something. Go ahead, hey! If you think you can do better, go on out there. And John Taylor said, "I'm that upset with you. I will leave for less than what I wanted and do that." And then the Colts said, oh, "Okay, okay, uh, we're not going to make the trade happen. We want this and this and this to make that happen." And they knew the Dolphins wouldn't do that. And that doesn't sound like. <laughs> It's football. It's not if you love something, let it go. And if it comes back to you, it's not one of those situations. He says it's repairable. It is absolutely repairable on your end. 100%. Because all you've got to do is be serious and work on a contract, which they haven't even done. There's been no offers to this. They're doing what they think is in the best of the Indianapolis, best interest of the Indianapolis Colts. You can't blame them for that. But you can't tell me about how much you care about this man and do the things that you've done over the last couple of weeks. Maybe on a personal level, sure. 
you're good there. But sometimes business is personal. This is this young man's life. This is his earnings. He has a very narrow window. And the way that this league is treating running backs, that second contract is the contract to live the rest of his life off of. That feels pretty personal to me, doesn't it? He is right. It's a terrible situation. It sucks. What Jonathan Taylor wants is not exactly lining up with what the Colts want right now. But as he points out, that always happens. There's going to be disagreements. It's more likely about money. Yeah, it is. But I can't ignore what just happened with teams calling, inquiring, and then you asking ridiculous returns when you don't even value your player at that. They torpedoed that. That's just That doesn't come across as the actions of somebody that actually cares about that player. You care about him in terms of you'd like to keep him, and you'd like to keep him at a much lower rate so you can spend the money someplace else. It is what it is. But let's, I know he says we're not painting a rosy picture, but it kind of seems like he's painting a road to redemption. And essentially he's trying to whitewash what just happened. As for Jonathan Taylor, this sucks. Because you went through that effort, you said, I'll take less money, I want out of here, and you realize the Colts were never going to let you get out of there. And you're facing a franchise tag next year on top of that for a team that right now you're probably pretty darn upset with. If you weren't before, you are now. But you have such little choice. Because these are the rules of the National Football League. Can't say that I'm surprised. That's going to do it for us here on the Hammerdown Show. Big thank you to Coach Josh Strasser. Big thank you to Coach Shane Fry. Coming up tomorrow, Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier is with us. We'll get you set for game day between Purdue and Fresno State as well. It's going to be a very, very big Friday, so I'm so excited for that. Of course, we'll have high school football coverage from Jeff High School when they welcome in Arsenal Tech. That's tomorrow back here starting at 3 o'clock on the Hammerdown Show. 1017 The Hammer. 1017thehammer.com. Golfers, with the construction on Cherry Lane, Burke Boilermaker is still open and ready for play. This year, you'll park in the ross lot near Northwestern Avenue and start on number 11 for the Ackerman Allen course. Bypass the trailer and the lines by paying online at purdugolf.com. The Camp and Costler course will be open for members and guests this year, but the driving range will still be open to the public. Please visit purdugolf.com backslash clubhouse for updates about temporary parking arrangements. But rest assured, when you're on the course, it's business as usual at Burke Boilermaker, the golf experience.